Amen? God is a way maker, a miracle worker, a light in the darkness. That is who He is. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. All the time. Joe's got it up there for us already. Check out our church app. If you don't have it, download it, subscribe to it. You can got prayer requests on there. There is the sermons on there. All kinds of information that you might need. The Bible. <laughs> that's another app. Yep, that's right. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. Today is Pentecost Sunday, amen, that we celebrated throughout all of our nation. Hallelujah. I've been praying that the Holy Spirit will come in here like cloven tongues of fire and fall upon each one of us. We all speak in different tongues. all get filled with the Holy Ghost. We catch this place on fire and burn it down, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good. Let that wind flow. Let the breath of the Holy Spirit fall upon you. Amen. All right. We're going to have kids' church today. So the kids, you can be dismissed. You can go back with Grandma. And also, we're going to take up an offering. All the kids have the money. We'll bring the kids back. <laughs> Come on back. We're going to take up an offering first, guys. They got, they got, the kids got all the money. That's new. <laughs> Usually kids want to take all the money. Amen. That's been my experience with having kids, huh? It's like, Grandpa, we'll come over and work for you, but we got to get paid. What was it the other day? One of my grandsons, Gabe. I said, Gabe, can you pick that up for me? He goes, how much is that going to, how much were you going to pay me for that? I'm like, you little brat. <laughs> He's getting smart. Father, we thank you, Lord, and praise you for the tithes and offerings that you're bringing into this place. I thank you and praise you, Lord, for your provision. And, Lord, Lord, for your promises that are new every morning. Lord God, you make a way where there is no way. And, Lord God, we are just opening up our bank accounts. We're opening up, Lord God, our wallets to you. And we're praying, Lord, you need to make a way because it seems like there is no way. Lord God, but you can do all things because that is who you are. And we believe that in Jesus' mighty name, that you can do great and mighty things here in this place. Lord God, that you can do great and mighty things in our finances, in our bank accounts, in the works of our hands. That, Lord, you can prosper us, Lord God, because that is who you are. And that's what your word says above all, beloved. I wish that you would prosper and be in good health. And Lord, that's your word, and we're standing on your word, and we're believing it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. That is who he is. God's a provider, Jehovah Jireh, right? God's a healer, Jehovah Rapha. That is who he is. God is love, that is who he is. It's his character. He can't help it. When you get around the Holy Spirit, and you get into the presence of God, you can't help but be healed, set free, and delivered. Amen? You can't help it. Because that is who he is. That's his nature. That is who he is. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. God is good. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Lord, we give you full reigns in this place. Amen? Amen. We give God full reigns in this place. We give God full reigns in our lives, in our homes. Thank you, Jesus. That is who he is. All right, you kids can be dismissed. You going back with Grandma? To the back? Grandma, the kids are back there. There they go. So didn't we have a good week of weather? We've had some great reports. God's moving. God's word is true and amen. He said he would promise he will never fail us or forsake us. Amen. He'll never fail you or forsake you. You can lean on him. You can trust him. With all you are and all you have and all you'll ever be in your whole family. You just put him in the palms of his hands and he'll care for you. All your children, all your grandchildren, all your parents, your grandparents, you just put them in the, in the palm of God's hands and he'll care for them. He'll take better care of them than you can take care of. Amen? All right. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I got to read this. And I don't know why, but this just popped out to me. But I've been praying about in today's, in today's service. And when I went to put my Bible down up here on the pulpit this morning, with my sermon that I have on Pentecost, it is opened right up. It says, No eye has seen. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You guys don't have it up there because I didn't give it to you. So it's not going to be on the board. But it's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. It says, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. They got it. They're fast. Good. You guys are good back there. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Amen. I just, you know, we really don't, you know, what does the word say? We see in part because we know in part. We don't really see clearly because there's a veil over us. Can you imagine the day when that veil is gone? Can you imagine the day when that veil is gone? When we really see Jesus face to face, when we go to heaven and we see all of creation and everything God has done and all of the wonders and the majesty of heaven and even the majesty of God himself being the light where there's no need for a sun or a moon, where God gives out his light and his glory and his presence is all around us. I can't imagine that day, what that day would be like. I can't fathom it. 
Thank you, Jesus. All I got to say is thank you, Jesus, and thank you for the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit can allow you to see things in the supernatural that you can't see in the natural. The Holy Spirit can open your eyes to see what God is doing all around you. Just like the servant of Elisha, when they were in the house and they went out and they saw the army there to take Elisha away, and the servant was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do, Elisha? What are we going to do? They're in a panic mode. There's an army out here for two men. Doesn't that remind you the army that came to get Jesus from the Garden of Gethsemane? They sent an army out there to get one man. Because he wasn't just one man. He was God incarnate. He was God in the flesh. Just like they knew Elisha wasn't just some man. He was a man of God. He was a man of God. And everybody was afraid of him. The kings were afraid of him. And Elisha said, when he went out there and he looked at the army, he just, he didn't have one bit of fear in him. He just went over to his servant and he said, I'm going to pray that your eyes are open so you can see all those that are with us. And he prayed and his servant's eyes were open and on the hilltops were chariots of fire. I pray every day. I get up and I look out over the hilltops. When I wake up in the morning and I look out the bed, and I'm looking over the hilltop over there. I'm like, one of these days, I'm going to see that chariot of fire. Hallelujah. I'm expecting it. I want to see it. I get excited about it. That's how we need to be about the Holy Spirit. We need to get excited about it because that's a deposit that God sent down as a guarantee for us as an encourager, as a, as a past, you know, I call it a, to make a path straight. The Holy Spirit goes before you to make your path straight. No matter what comes against you, if the Holy Spirit is with you, God will never fail you or forsake you, and he'll make your path straight. Just like that car, God is making that path straight and setting things right. Amen? And I'm believing in Jesus' name that Phil and Ellie are going to get a greater car that God has. One that's a hundred times better. It wouldn't take much to be a hundred times better. But one that's a hundred times better and roadworthy. Amen and safe. Amen. That's what I'm believing. And if God is for us, then who can be against us? Let's say that. If God is for us, then who can be against us? That means no devil in hell. Right? That means no man in the flesh or woman in the flesh. That means no witch, no warlock, no demon, no serpent can be against you. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. You have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. No arrow that flies by day. Or flaming torture arrow that flies by night. You don't have to fear any of that. No pestilence, no plague. God's got you covered. Hallelujah. Now if you got your Bibles, you can turn to Acts chapter 2. Nope. Ali says, nope. Yep. 
Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. God is good. Verses 17 through 21 says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I want to ask you a question. Do you feel like you've been having an increase in dreams? In visions? Do you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit come upon you and you can, you get the sense that you want to prophesy? I don't know about you, but I know that I've been getting dreams. I know that I've been getting dreams. And I've been sharing some of them dreams with my wife. And it's increasing. And in the days that we're in, it's going to increase even more and more and more. Because it says in the last days... And I believe it, and you know it, I preach it all the time that we're in the last days. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out things are going on. All around you, all around this world that we're going through these birth pains. Going through the birth pains, you see earthquakes, famines, plagues, pestilence. There was another volcano that erupted today in Congo that people are fleeing for their lives. Mount Etna erupted in Italy. There's another mountain in Italy getting ready to erupt. They said there were 61 volcanoes erupting all across the globe at one time a few weeks ago. You don't hear that stuff on the news, do you? But there's, that's quite a bit, I would imagine, you know. And they worry about our carbon footprint. When one volcano can emit more carbon in the air than we can ever do in our whole lives. Just imagine what 61 volcanoes can do. (laughs) But I've been getting an increase in dreams. God says, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. Well, billows of smoke, I would imagine that would be like a volcano. Have you ever seen one? Have you ever seen a video of a volcano erupt? It looks like a billow of smoke, doesn't it? Going up. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming in the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, what? Will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, no exceptions to everyone, just like there's no exceptions to all. None. When Peter gave this thing, it was an earth shattering. 
earth-shattering speech, and Peter was quoting the prophet Joel. It was earth-shattering back then. I'm going to tell you what. It's earth-shattering now. Because we're in those times. We are in those times. Just as Peter was bold for Peter to stand up and proclaim that in his days, it is just as bold for us to stand up and proclaim that. To proclaim that Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to them by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through Jesus. I believe that this Pentecost and the seasons that we're entering in right now, we are going to see one of the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit that the church has ever seen. We're coming up to some of the greatest events that this earth has ever gone through. And it says it will never go through anything like this that's coming upon the earth again. And it's never happened on the earth since the creation of the earth. I believe that God is going to pour out His Spirit upon all people, upon the church, to be a light. To be a light shining in the darkness. To be able to throw out that life preserver, to reel in those that are drowning and sinking. I believe He's also pouring out His Spirit upon us so that we can be able to stand. Against everything that's coming. We need that encouragement. To be able to stand up. We need that faith. We need to believe that without, with everything that could be going on around us at any moment in time. That you know what? God is for us. He's not going to fail me or forsake me. I'm going to be able to go through this. No temptation has seized me. No fear has seized me. No fear has gripped me. But no temptation has seized me. God is faithful. When I'm tempted, He'll make sure I can stand up against it. And then He'll provide a way out for me. When fear comes upon the earth, that we don't need to be afraid. Because the one that's with us is greater than the one that's against us. When you get a bad report, that you don't need to worry about it. Because God's got you covered. And to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Amen? Amen. What better place to be than in heaven with Jesus? Paul said that. I heard a prophet this morning saying that we are, we are entering into the time and signs of wonders. That people's eyes are going to start being opened. Oh, I believe in that too. I'm standing on that too. 
I agree with his prayers. I pray that our eyes are open. I pray that the eyes of those that are lost are open. That they see the light and they see the truth. That they see the truth of the word. That's what I'm praying, I'm praying. Because there's many out there that are trapped in darkness. That are hard, their hearts are hardened to the word and to the truth. Many. My prayer is that, you know what? When God pours out His Spirit upon all flesh, that, that, that's a revelation for them. And their mind starts turning and they're thinking, well, all these times when I wasn't sure of the Word, I wasn't sure of God, I wasn't sure about Jesus, oh, that Jesus is a good man. Jesus is more than a good man. He's all God in the flesh. The Word is the Word of God. It's been handed down by the Israelites for 6,000 years. It hasn't changed. They got confirmation of that through the Dead Sea Scrolls over 2,000 years ago when they found the book of Isaiah and it was word for word for word. Pretty scary. It's pretty great. Think about it. This word here, when it got passed down from one person to the next person to the next, it's never changed. You know how they say when you get in a group and you say one thing to one person, by the time it comes all the way around you, it's totally whacked out? Well, let me tell you, the Bible, not whacked out, folks. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It hasn't changed. God's Word will never change. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Amen. And we just need to stand on it. We need to believe it. And I'm praying that those eyes of those that disbelieve the word of God, that disbelieve the work that Jesus did, that, that doubt what God has done, and why he's done it, would be opened. And there's going to be a great inpouring of believers into the church before Jesus' return, because his will is not for one to be lost. That's why he left the 99 to go after the one. Because he doesn't want one to be lost. God loves us all. God loves us all, great and small, big and tall. <laughs> you know? He loves us all. He sent his son for everyone, for all of us. He didn't just send them for the Israelites. He sent them for all of us. For all to come into the knowledge of the Son of God and to a mature person. For all of us to be saved. For all of us to reign and live with Him forever in heaven. I pray... One of my ongoing prayers, you know, and I might be bad. Some people don't agree with being repetitive in your prayers. But I believe that you're re I'm repetitive in my prayers until I get an answer. I just keep pounding on the gates of heaven 
You know, I just keep knocking until I get an answer, until I see a result. I don't quit, even though it might sound repetitive. But one of my repetitive prayers in the morning when we get up and we have coffee is that God will open our eyes, open our hearts to receive all that he has, our eyes to see and our ears to hear. I pray that over our church. I pray that over each one of you. I pray that over our family, our children, our grandchildren, every morning that God would prosper us. He'd bless the work of our hands. He'd be with us, protect us, hedge us in and keep us safe from the enemy and keep the enemy out. That's what I pray, that he would raise a standard in this place and his angels would post guard. I pray that all the time. I pray that his angels would post guard, that we would raise a standard. That's one of my repetitive prayers. I do it daily, on a daily basis. Before I start my day, while I'm having coffee with my wife. But it's time. It's time that our prayer lives need to be ignited. You know, it's time that we need to, we need to start assailing the kingdom of heaven with prayers. With petitions. With requests. That's what the word says. We need to be like the violent men in the violent men in the Bible that take the kingdom of heaven by force. We need to be violent in our prayers. We need to be steadfast. We need to be, we need to be strong. Not wavering to or fro with every wave of doctrine. Being tossed to and fro by waves. But we need to be standing firm on the word of God. And, it's, and what, it, what it is and what it is to our lives. It's our very life. It's a roadmap for us. I believe that we are going to be entering into these end time days very soon. We already are started. You know, I had a pastor, Tom McDonald, wrote a book called The Separation. It was about the light getting lighter and brighter and the darkness getting darker. And the gray period that we're in right now, where people are lukewarm, is no longer going to be there. They're either going to be on the light, on the side of the light, or on the side of the dark. And they're going to start separating farther and farther apart. We've seen this happen in the last couple years in our nation. What's going on, not just our nation, but around the world. We see the separation. And you couldn't jump, he said in his vision that he had. God, was, God took him up to the heavenlies and he was looking down at the earth. And he saw that one side of the earth was light and the other side was dark. And the gray period in between started to separate. And people were jumping from the darkness to the light. And some people were jumping from the light to the darkness. But it got to be so far apart that they couldn't jump anymore. That there was a clear separation. I believe that's happened and is happening. But I believe that we as the church are going to be filled more and more with the Holy Spirit because we're going to be desperate. We're going to be desperate to know what God wants. We're going to be desperate to be able to even survive at times. With the things that the Bible says that are going to happen with earthquakes. 
all these signs and wonders that are going to take place on the earth. We're going to be clinging to God and holding on to him like never before. It's going to be our, it's going to be our lifeline. I mean, some of us need it even now. I need God now to survive every day. You know, we do. We need God now to survive every day because I'm telling you there's a real enemy out there who is assailing us and bombarding us constantly. He's barraging us constantly. And if you don't have the full armor of God on, and if you're not standing on the Word and not covered with the blood of Jesus, you know, He can beat you down and wear you out and tire you down. He's real. And he tries so hard to pull us from God. That's his whole goal. Because God loves us so much, what does he want to do? He wants to destroy God's creation. Because it hurts God when he sees one of his children fall away. Hurts his heart. And the enemy loves it. That's his whole plan is to steal, kill, and destroy, to steal you away, to kill you and destroy you, to make you feel like you can never go back, to heap guilt on you. And that's not what God wants. God sent his son so that we could be free, and he who the son sets free is free indeed. So when the enemy comes a knocking and starts throwing his arrows at you, you need to stay that. You need to stand on the word of God and say, no, the God sent his son for me. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And you stand on it and you repeat it. And then what he does is like when you get into the Word of God, what does it do? It builds you up, it strengthens you. Yesterday I was outside barbecuing, getting ready. With my smoker, and you know, when you got your smoker going, you got like eight to ten hours of time. So what do you do? You get out the Word of God, and you sit down and you read. Read the Word. <clears throat> I know the Lord's been speaking to me about Zechariah. Because every time I open up my Bible at home, it's been opening up to Zechariah chapter 10 and 9. And I'm like, huh, God, what are you saying? And then I sat there one time, I even put my Bible down on the picnic table, and it was pretty breezy. And I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to read? So what happens? The wind picks up and blows it over to Zechariah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But I'll share that on another sermon. Because I'm praying. I'm like, okay, God, what are you saying? What are you saying? And, you know, I'm thick-headed at times, you know. Sometimes it takes a two-by-four to knock some sense into me. But I'm like, but I got to pray. I got to ask God, what do, you, what do you want? What are you saying? Is this for me or is this for the people? You know, because you got to discern that too. But it's time for us to devote, our, to devote ourselves to God. To devote ourselves to fellowship. We need to be faithful in being here every Sunday in worship. 
because it builds each other up. We need to be faithful in getting in the Word of God. We need to be faithful in our prayer life. It's time. We can't mess around. Time's running out. It's really short. Whether God comes back today, tomorrow, a year, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, it doesn't matter. We need to be ready at all times. We need to be ready at all times. The Word says nobody knows the time when God returns, but it tells us we need to be ready. What did Jesus tell us in Matthew? That we need to be ready. You need to be ready in season and out of season. In Matthew chapter 24. Matthew, therefore keep watch because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. What is it, verse 42 through 44? But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch. Right? Yep. And he would not have let him broken into the house. That's right. We need to keep watch. We need to keep watch. Not just to protect our family from the enemy, but we need to keep watch for when Jesus is returned. Because he's soon to return. Everything that's going on right now across the world is everything been prophesied in the Bible. Wars, rumors of wars, pestilence, plagues, earthquakes in various places, billows of smoke, all these things have been, you know, you read Matthew chapter 24, read the whole chapter. Jesus himself warns us about all these things. And he tells us that nobody knows when God is coming back. But he says the most important thing is you to be ready. For you to be ready. You know, we got, a, we got an event coming up in two days. If Ephraim was here, he'd tell you exactly what it is. But it's called the Super Blood Moon. They're actually calling it the Flower Blood Moon because it's in May. Because May is the time of year when all the flowers bloom. So they've got a new name for it. But every time there's been a Super Blood Moon, there's been a very significant event. The last time we had the Tetriarch of Blood Moons, and you didn't even know this, and I didn't either until lately, that Israel had a war in Gaza when that happened. You watch. You watch and keep watch. It's a super blood moon in two days. And if you want to get up really early in the morning, like at 4.30 to about 9 o'clock, you might be able to see a little bit of it. And I'm telling you, if you have a problem getting up at 4.30, I've got the solution for you. I'll send you home with it. A free gift. I got seven roosters. They start crowing at three o'clock in the morning. They start serenading. It's amazing. And they will wake you up from a dead sleep. When you get seven roosters going, I'm about ready to make some chicken speedies. Is what I'm about ready to do with them roosters. I already got the go-ahead from the boss. 
She said, take care of them roosters. Every time I hear one, I can't help but think of the story that, you know, when Jesus told Peter that before the cock crows three times, you'll deny me. And it's, every time I hear one of those roosters, that's what I think of. I'm like, ah. But, aw, that's right. But yeah, so we got another sign. Because it says there, in the end days, what will happen? The moon will turn to blood. And I, I don't know, but one one year, we were out, and we were out on my, we had everybody over to watch to see the blood moon, and we sat in the yard, as because what it is, it's the, the earth passes between the sun and the moon, and it casts a shadow on the moon, the earth does, and it turns the moon to blood. Well, we, I used to have a picture on my phone of, the, of a red blood moon, and it was red. You couldn't deny it, but we all sat in my front yard and we watched the blood moon happen. It was pretty amazing. Ed says he still has it on his phone. But you know, God is so good and merciful that God gives us all these warnings and he tells us all this stuff in advance, doesn't he? Jesus told it all, like I said in Matthew chapter 24. He told us everything in advance what was going to happen. He even talked about the great falling away. He talks about all these things in advance in the Bible. On what's going to happen and what's going to happen to humanity. And what's coming on the earth. The Bible you know, there's one thing, and I'm going to paraphrase because I'm all over my notes. But I've always wondered in my mind and been praying about it and, and asking God about this. Is that all these birth pains and everything that we're seeing, I know it's a sign of the end times. But you know what? I can't help. They say there's a, you know, I've heard people say there's a binary system. Coming through our system, it's going to mess up the orbits of some of the planets. It's going to make cause chaos. Our Earth is even wobbling even more and more. We're seeing an increase of asteroids. You know, there's been a major increase of asteroids that have hit the Earth lately. You know, they say that we're going to be entering into this asteroid belt and all these things. You know, and you need to you need to you need to seek and ask God for all these things that are happening and taking place upon the Earth. You know, they're saying that that's why we're having these earthquakes and all these volcanoes eruption and stuff. But I've always wondered, I said, you know what? What does the Bible say that's coming? The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is coming. Is what the Bible says. What if all this stuff that's taking place is just preparing the earth for the kingdom of heaven? What if everything that's going on right now, all these birth pains that we're seeing taking place about the end days, what if this binary system isn't a binary system, but it's the kingdom of heaven coming? You know? If I, you know, you go to your Bibles in chapter, in Revelations, what is it, chapter 21? 
I wrote it down here somewhere. Yeah, chapter 21. I'm out, I'm out of paper. I'm out of legal paper. i got to get a new notepad. But chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. You know, and I think of these things in my mind. And I ask God these questions as I'm reading the Word. And I'm thinking, you know, I know somewhere in the Bible the kingdom of heaven is coming, right? <laughs> and it's in chapter 21 of Revelation. He says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men. Can you imagine that day? Now the dwelling of God is with men. And he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. You know, when I read that verse right there, it just makes me think of all the different denominations. <laughs> I said that all wrong. But all of the different religions out there, all of them, are all going to be coming together as one. As one bride. The Pentecostals, the Evangelicals, the Baptists, the Catholics. They're all part of the body of Christ. All of us. And they're all coming together to live with God. And He's going to be their God. One religion under God. <laughs> All together in unity. Can you imagine that? Unity. The unity, there's going to be unity, peace, love, joy. You know, every day. What did God say he's going to do? God said he is going to wipe away every tear. Didn't he? He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. That's what I think is happening. The earth is getting ready. The old order is being shaken. Because what does the Bible say? Anything that can be shaken, God is going to shake it. And it's going to fall away. The old order is going to fall away. Behold, God is going to make things new. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
To whom who is thirsty I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this. All this. And I will be his God and he will be my son. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is coming. The kingdom of heaven is coming. We can see him coming over the hills. We can sense it and we can feel it in our spirits. It's actually crying out for God. You know, our spirits are crying out for our creator. Lord, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. So I told you what I've wondered, <laughs> what I've been thinking. What if all this stuff is happening? The Bible says it's coming. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is coming. What if all this stuff is being shaken? It's happening right now. We're living in the midst of it. Praise God that we have been born for such a time as this. Think about the great and wonderful things and the signs and the wonders in the heavens. You know, it's like when Jesus came to earth, he said all the people, David, like, wanted to see it so bad. He, he knew about it. He knew about Jesus coming. Isaiah knew about Jesus coming. They wanted to see the day so bad. Just like the three wise men, when they saw Jesus, the overcoming of joy that came upon them, the overflow of joy, of just being in his presence. It's like we're living in those same type of days where Jesus is coming back again, where he's no longer going to be standing at the right hand of God interceding and praying for us, but he's going to be getting on his white horse coming down from heaven to catch us all up in the sky with him. We're going to see that. That's amazing. We're going to be like the we're going to be like the shepherds who are out in the field watching their flocks at night when all of a sudden the heavens open up and there's a huge heavenly host singing and praising and worshiping God. We're going to see that. Amen. We're going to see that. And we're going to see other things and great things. And there's things that are going to be looking fearful, but we don't have nothing to fear because God is for us. He'll never fail us or forsake us. He is with us, and he says to all of his saints, don't be afraid. I will be with you right to the very end. I will be with you to the very end. I will be with you to the very end. To the very end of your last breath, God will be with you. We don't have nothing to be afraid of. We just got to stand on the promises of God. We need to be overcomers. Like I said, for those who overcome, they will inherit all of God's goodness. And if you read to all the churches, you read about all the churches in the book of Revelation. And it says, to those who overcome, I promise them, um, I promise them that they can partake from the tree of life. To those that overcome, to those that overcome, 
Yeah, you'll get a you'll get a white stone with your name, a new name written on it. To those who overcome. That's what we get to look forward to. We're overcomers. And we're only overcomers because Jesus overcame. He overcame for us. He makes us overcomers. We're on the winning team. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So come, Holy Spirit, come. Fill your people like never before. Open our eyes. Open our minds. Open our hearts. Open our ears. To receive all that you have for us. Lord, we want you. We need you. We can't live without you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you will fill this house with your Holy Spirit greater than, it, than, the, than the former house. That this house will be filled with your anointing and your Holy Spirit like greater before, with a greater measure. That we'll be able to do greater miracle signs and wonders as you said we would do. That we would be so filled with the Holy Spirit that, Lord God, that no matter what happens, we won't be afraid. No matter what goes on around us, we won't fear. Because we're going to be so close to you. We're going to be so wrapped up in the glory of the Holy Spirit and of God that no matter what happens, it's going to be like water flowing off a duck's back. We're going to be able to shut it off like it was yesterday's news. And I just thank you, Lord, and I praise you. I praise you for each person here and all those that hear the word of God that's going out, Lord, across the nations, not just from this place, but from all of the churches around the world that are preaching the word of God and standing by faith. I pray for all the saints around the world that, Lord God, that you would fill them to the utmost with your Holy Spirit, that you would watch over them, protect them, and bless them, and increase in them and in their lives, Lord God. I pray for a greater hunger and a thirst, Lord God, for your word and for your righteousness and for prayer like never before. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. And I praise you for each person today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.